Don't get fooled by cut rate networks. Verizon is America's only number one network according to Root Metrics. Join today and get up to $650 when you trade in your phone to cover your cost to switch. Verizon, better matters. New smartphone device payment purchase important and required. Get up to $650 prepaid card for installment plan balance less trade in value after $350 prepaid card for early termination fees less trade in value. Trade in must be in good working and cosmetic condition and be worth more than $0. Line must remain active for six months subject to VZW agreements calling plan and credit approval. Rankings based on 2016 first half Root Metrics U.S. national root score of four to four mobile networks. Results may vary. Visit rootmetrics.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Blog Talk is doing funny things this morning. So um, thanks for tuning in. I'm, I'm hoping everyone else didn't hear that weird, bizarre, the aliens are coming sound that just went through my head. You're listening to Transform Your Life with Kelly and Lisa. Lisa's in the midst of a thunderstorm, so hopefully we're going to... Um, Keep Lisa with us throughout the show. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am fantastic. How are you? I'm I'm partially deaf now. For that <laughs> did you hear that I don't sound? know what you're talking about. I did not hear okay. anything. I, I, okay. It I was a, a bizarre intro. It was a bizarre whirring sound. It, it was it was really strange. <laughs> I've never heard it before. Hopefully, I will never hear it again. Today we're, yeah, it was really weird. It was like the aliens are coming. I don't know. That's the only thing I can compare it to is some of those sci-fi sounds from sci-fi movies. But um, (laughs) our topic today, and it happens to all of us, every single one of us goes through something from time to time. You know, we're going along. We're happy as can be. We feel really successful. We feel like we've got it this time. It's totally all going to work out. And then all of a sudden, we've realized we've entered some sort of deep, dark, what I call whirlwind of ickiness. You know, whether you've gone through something that kind of you feel can justify your negative feeling, you know, if you've recently had a death of a loved one or a loss of a job or a breakup of marriage or something like that, it doesn't matter, really, if you've gone through something that you think would make you feel that way or not you recognize that you're in a downward spiral and, you know, it really can feel like you're completely out of control. That's our topic for today. And the reason it's our topic for today is because as a life coach, I have in the last two weeks been inundated with clients and new clients and potential clients calling me with these symptoms. You know, everything was fine. I was perfectly happy. All of a sudden, I'm curled up in a ball crying on the couch. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, we're we're kind of going to talk about how you can shed some light when you're going through these periods of darkness. Um, I know recently, and I've talked about this um, before, even I've gone through some days where it's just, you know, the energy feels really heavy. It feels kind of depressing um, in many ways. And I think there's just so many of us right now that are in some, somewhere along our line of quote-unquote waking up and realizing that we are in control of our own destiny and realizing that there is a higher power and realizing that we are all connected. And I think when you get that many people who are kind of going through similar things, it sort of feeds each other. You know, we, we sort of, and I'm an empath, and I know we've talked about that before as well, 
when you are very sensitive to how people around you are feeling, it does impact you. It really does. Uh, so no matter what you've gone through or even if you've gone through nothing and you have no reason, there is nothing you can come up with that will tell you why you're feeling out of sorts. Um, you are completely and totally justified in feeling how you feel. You don't need a reason. You know, do you need a reason to feel happy? No, most of us really don't. We can choose to feel happy. So then you don't need a reason to feel sad or angry or worried or anxious or whatever else you're feeling. In my experience, when those feelings kind of come out as less field, we don't see them coming at all, all of a sudden, boom, we're something's not going right. That's a lesson. That's telling us we need to be mindful of every moment. That's telling us that perhaps we have buried something in our subconscious from our past and we've never really dealt with it. And you really can't move forward into the amazing life that you were meant to live if you're dragging along all of that garbage with you. At some point, you have to take it out and look at it and acknowledge it and say, you know, I don't really know why, but right now I'm feeling really, really, really angry. And I'm acknowledging that I'm feeling angry and I don't want to feel angry. So whatever's making me angry, I'm letting it go. You don't really have to even know what it is. If it's that buried in your subconscious mind, you probably will have a hard time figuring it out. I know a lot of people have a really hard time figuring it out. They feel very sad or something triggers and they feel very, very sad and they don't understand why it is they're feeling sad. And it's because of something that they've buried. So just acknowledge, hey, you know what? Right now I'm feeling sad. I'm going to feel sad. I'm going to give myself five minutes. You can give yourself longer than five minutes. I'm just using that for an example. And then I'm going to make the decision to let go of that sadness. How do you do that? Take a step back. And I know it sounds really simple. Take a step back. But when you're in the midst of something and you don't understand where it came from, the easiest way to get out of it, once you've made the decision that, you know what, I'm done feeling this way, I want to get out of it, take a step back. Find a situation that feels better than where you're currently at. You know, if you're feeling like you're in the depths of despair, take a step back till you find something that feels maybe a little bit like anger right before you fall into despair. You don't want to feel anger in a situation? Take another step back till you feel completely calm, completely nonchalant. You're not really happy, but you're not angry either. You're just somewhere in the middle. You're just looking at it like... Yeah, I can see where this could be, I could be angry here and that could lead to being really upset and that could just be an icky road I don't want to go down. You just have to keep taking a step back away from the situation until you find something that feels better. You don't have to go from the depths of despair to complete and total elation in one step. 
but you need to start moving in that direction. A lot of times we, we go through tests, and it's a higher power, God, source, whatever you want to call, universal, inner, whoever, whoever it is you want, to, you want to put in charge here. Sometimes we're tested, and it's, are you sure you want to go that way? How badly do you want this? Because in order to get from where you are to where you want to be, you've got to grow, and you have to change a little bit. Well, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view, the way we as human beings grow and learn the best is through experiences. And most often, the most valuable learning experiences are those negative ones. So when you find yourself feeling really out of sorts, really out of control, you're in that downward spiral, you can't get out, tell yourself this is a lesson. What lesson am I going to learn here? I want to learn this lesson so I never have to go through this again. And then you can move forward. So Lisa, you're being very quiet. Are you still with us or did the thunder clouds take you away? Okay, they kind of took me away. <laughs> I was listening and I didn't want to jump in. And the one thing that I want to let everybody know about Kelly and I, we are friends, not through this radio show. We talk to each other at least every right. other day. So I know right. when I can jump in, and, you know, and we know each other. So that's why I didn't jump in yet. So, um, no, I just, I totally agree with what, with everything that you said. And, you know, when we find that we're in this funky moment, it is okay to recognize that moment. And it is okay to say, right. oh, something's going on, you know, and, and it's okay to take some time to evaluate that. Now, I wouldn't recommend years, but right. you know, it's okay to sit back and say, okay, why is this happening? Why am I feeling this? You know, it's absolutely okay to evaluate it and then move on from it. Get what you're supposed to get from it and move on. The dwelling part is the problem um, that keeps people from moving forward. <clears throat> Pardon me. When you dwell on it for entirely way too long, and you look back and say, wow, that really consumed my life. And, and yes, it did because you allowed it. So Right. What do you do? Because I know what I do is literally what I just said. I just start taking a step back and finding moments that feel better than the one that I'm currently in. Um, so what do you do? Do you have any tips that people can, can kind of use? I deny it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, no, I allow myself to be, but it's something that I put into the gray cloud that I kind of visualize in my in my mind. I put it to the gray cloud, so it's there, and I'm I can evaluate it, but it's on the back burner. I, I choose to not want to be angry, so I put it back while I'm allowing myself to move into a different emotional state. So I'm not... See, that, I'm not no, sorry, I just wanted to point out that that's a really effective tool. Um, that's, a, that's a really good one. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Sorry to interrupt that, you. Yeah, that's, oh, no, 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 you're fine. That is something that I absolutely... That's always been my coping mechanism. Um, 
it's something that has allowed me to say, hey, it's still there, but it's not the most important emotion. Um, I used to be kind of, kind of my dog, kind of angry <laughs> a lot, and I would I would keep it bottled up, and then it would just be like this massive nastiness. Now, if something upsets me, um, I I absolutely own that moment. You know, like ten minutes later, I'll be happy again, and people are like, "Whoa, are you bipolar?" No. I got off, I said what I had to say. I, you know, for the most part, the state that I transfer back to is the state that I'm always in. But, you know, I got out of, I got it out. I let, I let it be known that I was not happy and now I'm done. I'm, I don't want to be in that state anymore. So, you know, I owned it and now I'm right back to where I want to be. But I didn't deny it and I didn't put it away and I didn't bottle it inside to have it be this, and it could be anger, it could be frustration, it could be sadness. I, I I don't put them away anymore. I absolutely own it right then and there. If I feel that it's something I need to work through a little bit more, then I allow myself to do that. But for the most part, it's, it's addressed, it's boom, it's out, and then it's right back to where I want to be. Right. And, you know, I want to elaborate a little bit more on on your great cloud because, one tool that I've used in um, life coaching, which is kind of similar to that as a balloon, but the point here is to, for everybody to find what works for you. You know, if, if it works for you to, you know, visualize all of your anger, your worry, your, your grief, whatever it is, going up into a cloud, that's awesome. That works for you. Some of my clients like to fill a balloon and then watch the balloon float away. That works for them. Those things have not worked for me, <laughs> so I generally don't use those myself. But if it works for you, absolutely use that. There is no right or wrong way to handle what you're going through. You have to acknowledge it at some point. Now, it could be that you want to, like Lisa said, just get it all out and get it over with you know, and then move on. It might be, and I'm thinking of one particular client I have right now, it might be you're in a situation where that you can't do it right then. You know, in, in her situation, she works in corporate America. Bless her. Bless her for that. I couldn't do it. But she does. And her corporation, unfortunately, still views women in a very, very, very subservient manner. And even though she is a vice president of this company, which you would think would earn her some respect, she is not seeing that. And she goes into board meetings knowing she's going to be talked down to. And while she is looking for other employment, right now she is a single mom of four children. She has to have an income. So she doesn't feel like she can quit that job. So while she's finding other employment, she is still in this situation. And sometimes, and she tells me what she has started doing, and we talked about this, and this works for her. What she has started doing is when she goes into a board meeting and she knows they're not going to, you know, really listen to anything she says anyway, she takes her notebook like she's always done and she doodles. 
And she draws when she's really upset, she draws pointed figures. And when she's okay, she draws rounded figures. And that's her method of coping in that situation. And then when she leaves the boardroom, she says on her way home, she has made herself a recording of songs that she thinks really allows her to get the anger out. And now this woman usually listens to jazz and classical music as a as a regular rule of who she is. But that that recording, almost said cassette, nope, actually an MP3, <laughs> that recording she has made for herself that she's downloaded into her car is heavy metal music. And she said just listening to that, she can scream along. She can, you know, just really let it all out on the way home. And then she gets home and she's perfectly fine. But for many years, and the reason she came to me in the first place is because she would have a meeting and she would go home and be very short and angry with her children, and it wasn't their fault. Right. So the the key is to find what works for you. You know, and when we we give you these tools and we give you these tips and we tell you what works for us, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So try everything, really, until you find something that that works for you. And if it can, if eventually, what I have found anyway, you will find that the process goes smoother and smoother for you. I know things that, you know, five, ten years ago would have absolutely sent me over the edge. Today, I'm like, oh, okay, Let's. Uh, I don't want to feel that way, so I'm just going to take a step back, and I'm done. Where in the past, it would be three or four days of, of being in a bad mood. So find what works for you and do that. And no, promise you, it gets better as you go through these tests. Um, it does get easier with time. Well, and, you know, let me add to that. I think instinctively people know what works for them. If you always find that you're listening to music, that might be the first thing you need to look at. Right. Don't reinvent the wheel. It's probably already there. If you're a person who likes to go out in nature or you exercise, you know, you might want to pick up a boxing bag or, you know, go to a gym that has one. You know, what you find yourself doing on the regular, vegging out in front of the TV, probably not the most productive way, but, I mean, it could be something that if you limit yourself to it, might be a way for you to just kind of release, you know, by watching fantasy worlds for a while or whatnot. But, you know, use your personalities, the things that you like to to take that first step to find what works for you because that is probably what you need to build on in order to help you release it and let it go and, and all of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned TV and it reminded me of one of my brothers. One of my brothers, um, when he's in a bad mood and he lived with me for a while and it cracked me up every time I'd see him do it, he has a um, CD or DVD, I guess they are. See, I am technologically challenged. People, bear with me. I don't want the emails correcting me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he has the DVD of old, old Looney Tunes, like from the 60s and 70s, the really old wow. Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck uh, cartoons. And when he would have a really bad day, I would walk in my house, and he's got the big TV in the living room playing these Looney Tunes cartoons. And that was his way of coping. He could sit down and he could watch one or two cartoons and then he was done. 
And that always cracked me up because, you know, you, you, as a rule, we tell people vegging in front of the TV is not the answer. And it's not normally the answer. But if there is something that is particularly meaningful to you, and for him, he said he was instantly transported back to when he was a little kid on Saturday morning with a bowl of cereal sitting on the floor, and life was perfect for him. Right. And that was his coping mechanism. And then he could say, see, okay, I'm laughing now. I'm not upset anymore. And now I can look at the problem and I can see a solution. Where when you're in the midst of it, sometimes you don't see those solutions. So if that's you, and I know that used to be me, get out of it. You know, do whatever makes you feel better to get out of it. And then you can look at it objectively. That's... um, I just wanted to interject that because I can still see in my head my fully grown man brother sitting on, you know, in the living room watching cartoons like he was, I don't know, five. But going outside is a huge thing, too. Um, I know several people who have really, really, really stressful jobs. And they will just take a break and just go outside and do some deep breathing. Um, deep breathing alone, whether you're inside or outside, is very, very helpful. And a lot of times, um, I, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but at one time I did, um, I was volunteering at sort of a suicide hotline, only it wasn't really a phone. It was like a phone call, hey, there's somebody, you know, on a bridge, go talk to them. Um, And I have done some grief counseling, and that has also led to some really hairy situations. And one of the first things we ask people who are in crisis mode to do is take a deep breath. If you can get someone to stop long enough to take a deep breath, you've got a chance at calming them down enough so that they become rational again. Even in domestic violence cases where someone is absolutely out of control, if you can get that person to take a deep breath, it re it, it, I used to tell people, let me reintroduce you to your body because sometimes people get so out of it or they're so depressed or they're so angry that they just sort of go on autopilot. And if you've heard that expression, they see red when they get angry, that's that's a key that this person is, you know, absolutely out of control. And when you take a deep breath, you're back in your body. You're you're one step closer to being calm. You if you've ever been really wounded and this happened to me recently, you the first what is your first instinct when you're hurt? Is to hold your breath usually. Yeah. And that's a big thing. If you've ever gone to the emergency room, they tell you to breathe because they want you present. And when you're not breathing deeply, there's a really good chance that you're not present in the moment. So focus on your breathing. Um, You know, when uh, I was talking with someone yesterday who was, really, really very close to what we call crisis mode in that uh, she was just sobbing hysterically, uncontrollably, couldn't hardly talk. And 
until I got her breathing and focusing on right now what is going on, right this second, what is going on for you. You know, if if you're not bleeding out on the floor or, you know, you're not actively fleeing someone trying to get you or your house is not blowing down around you right this second, chances are that right this very second, you're okay. You're breathing, you're in one piece, you're okay. And when you start realizing right this second, right this very moment, Everything is okay. If things aren't perfect, that doesn't make the problem go away, and it doesn't mean we're bearing the problem. But if you focus on right now, I'm breathing deeply, and right now I'm okay, then you can be calm and you can look at things rationally. How is your storm? Speaking of calm and rational. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. <laughs> I love storms. They're amazing because they end. And then when they end, the world smells wonderful and it's yep. bright and sunshiny and it's there's just this this aura about the earth after a storm and I absolutely love them. And they end. The storm isn't always here. If you're in a storm, you can choose to help it end. Right. It does, and a lot of it, you know, we talk about it's choice, it's choice, and, and sometimes it's like, but I can't with your client. I have four kids, you know, I'm a single mom, I just absolutely can't leave this job and this lifestyle, you know, that I have because of the money that I make for the lifestyle that we have, and, you know, she could. But she chooses to stay, and I'm not saying that that's not a bad idea. It's the that's her choice, and you know, being in a company where men still look at women as subservient, she sits there and allows them to treat her that way and doesn't speak up for herself. She is allowing that, and I know that there's a lot of fear behind it. So I totally understand that. Right. You know, there's a whole lot of fear behind it. And to me, that's more what drives her decision than anything. And I am absolutely not, you know, uh, judging her because I have, there are moments in my life right now that I haven't moved forward because of fear, Um, whether it's fear of not being good enough or, you know, fear of loss, if I, you know, whatever. I, I totally, I absolutely understand her her reasoning behind it um but it's you know it's still her choice and it's always right one of the things that and we've talked a lot about law of attraction on this show and one of the things in working with the law of attraction is to realize that you've made a choice and in her case we've we've talked several times what is the best decision, not the right decision, not the one that would make a perfect world. What is the best decision? And sometimes we need to look at what is the worst decision first, what is more painful. You know, in her case, we've talked about is it more painful for you 
to keep the income you have and listen to, I don't know who she listens to, I'm just saying Ozzy Osbourne, maybe somebody else, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but listen to heavy metal music on the way home to cope with it. Is that less painful than leaving the job and not having an income to go to? Which of those two is more painful? And if you keep moving towards the less painful and develop a plan to continue moving towards less painful, you will get to a point where you are happy and no pain at all. And in her case, she has a plan. She's applied for other jobs. She's gone on some interviews. She has a plan to continue moving towards a better decision. And sometimes when we're in the thick of things, you have to look at what is the best decision in that circumstance rather than what would I ideally love. One, um, excuse me there, one example is people in abusive relationships. And what really gets many women to leave is using the what is the less painful decision. Even in my own case, in my abusive marriage eons ago, I look back now, and that wasn't me. That was somebody, I don't know who that girl was. But um, (laughs) at the time, I left him five times and went back. And it wasn't until a female police officer took me aside and said, honey, you need to make a better decision. Not the perfect decision. Not I make this decision and my life is going to be all roses and lollipops. You need to make a better, less painful decision. You go back again. You know what you're expecting. You know it's going to end the same way. He may kill you one day. But if you take that leap, and make a a different decision, you're going to have some temporary challenges, but ultimately you're going to come out much, much, much farther ahead, and your life will ultimately change, and you will have that wonderful, happy life you want. And when she put it to me like that, it made sense where other people had told me, don't go back, don't go back, don't go back, And I was like, well, what options do I have? I have to go back. When she showed me I did have an option, it made all the difference. And I think that is huge no matter what your situation is. You have an option. You can choose to stay stuck. You can work with where you are and work towards something better, or you can break away completely. You know, you have choices. And I think sometimes when we're feeling depressed, when we're really feeling worried or anxious or whatever, we don't realize we have choices. So sometimes the the first step, I think, is to remind yourself, hey, you know what, I have a choice. I don't have to feel this way. I don't have to be in this decision. You know, it's really, and you can always change your mind. And sometimes that's a huge one, too, is realizing that not only do you have choices, if you make a choice, and you decide later on after making the choice that maybe that wasn't the right choice, you can change your mind and choose again. You're not stuck. And so many times I think as 
even as a society, but in our society as, as people, we go through life feeling like we're stuck, feeling like we don't have choices, and we always, always, always have a choice. Just make the one that is less painful. And when you're evaluating your choices, look at, if I make this choice, what will that feel like? And put yourself there. If I make this choice, what will that feel like? Okay, maybe I don't like that feeling. Maybe I make this other choice, and it's not as big a difference as I want to make, but it's heading in the right direction, but that feels better. That's more comfortable. That will present fewer problems to me. Well, then you can make your choice based on how you would feel in that situation. But really put yourself in that situation. How will that feel? Because sometimes what we think we want is very, very different than what we really want. Sometimes I think we need to slow down. Sometimes we try to make too big a jump. You know, you wouldn't stand on the ground outside of an office building and think, I want to be on the third floor right now, so I'm just going to jump for it. You know, there are steps. In that case, there's probably an elevator. But you have to realize sometimes you need to take a smaller step than you'd really like to, and that's okay. That's okay. That just means you take another step after that one. And if you keep taking steps, you're going to realize that when these these things happen that aren't what you expected and they kind of knock you down, you don't fall as far the second time. You're better able to, to cope with it. That I heard a noise. Great answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I heard it. Did it just under there? I heard a, a loud boom. Maybe it was here. Um, my booms are a little more in the background. <laughs> so it, it kind of rolled over. It went around me, unfortunately. Um, I was really looking forward to a nice thunderstorm. But that was one thing with San Antonio. We're a bowl shape, yeah. so it just kind of swirls around us. But that was a great answer. And I wasn't trying to... Be no, no, sound like no, no, no. People, you know, because um, that's totally not where I come from. Because I understand there's a whole lot of reasoning behind why people make the choices that they do, and so oh, I, you know, no, I, just, I just want to put that you out just, there. No, you just gave me a great opportunity to expand on that because I think a lot of people get stuck in that, even with, and I have known some women in abusive situations that their less painful choice for them was to stay until they could get a job so they could move. Right. You know, it, it all depends on the individual. And it, in full disclosure, neither of these two women that decided to stay were being physically abused. It was it was both um, worst cases of verbal abuse where there was no physical abuse. So they were very lucky in that point. However, it you wasn't know, a life-threatening situation. Right. It was not a life-threatening situation. Thank you. That's perfect. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyone is an individual. You've got to find what works for you. I totally agree. And if you can't figure out how to do it, there are people who can help you do that. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, my friend Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that that shameless plug. Um, (laughs) Now, I do seem to 
attract, and I, you know, years and years ago when I was taking psychology courses and life coaching happened to be an elective at the school that I was going to, so back years ago when I was certified, one of the things that a very wise instructor said was, we're going to have you do a business plan. We're going to have you write down what your ideal client is. Then I'm going to grade those, and then we're all going to throw them away because that's not real life. (laughs) (laughs) And the point was that as we go through life, we attract our tribes. And I know that's a term that's thrown around a lot, and let me explain kind of what that means for people listening who don't know. Your tribe is that group of people that you have something in common with on a deep soul level that you resonate completely with even when you don't always disagree and that fully and completely and totally love and support each other in an unconditional way. Many of those tribe members for me have started out as clients I attract clients who have gone through something in their life, whether it was an abusive relationship or whether it was a loss of a spouse, a traumatic injury, a drug addiction, alcoholism. Those are the people that I tend to work with most frequently. It doesn't mean that I don't get the occasional business client because I do, but even those people (laughs) have had something in their life. So I know I am not the only coach that deals with those situations. So I can honestly tell you, you will find the perfect coach for you if you are looking for one. So yeah, that's, that's, kind of the way it works. So when, when that particular professor mentioned that, everyone, the whole class laughed because why on earth would you have us do this if it wasn't for anything? <laughs> but that was the way it went. So, yeah, thank you for, for bringing that up because that's kind of an important point. Um, just like not all doctors are the same, not all coaches are the same, not all authors are the same, um, we are all individuals. And when you find someone who truly resonates with you, Hold on to them because no matter how wacky or insane they seem or how much you disagree with them on some level, if they truly resonate with you and you feel like you know this person and you totally identify with this person and you completely unconditionally love this person, hang on to them. They're a member of your tribe. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to go look for a coach. There are groups out right. there. Um there are different support groups like Alcoholics Anonymous and, um, you know, NA and all of them. But there are other groups out there. Like if you need support because you've been in an abusive relationship, then, you know, there are shelters that provide, you know, group counselings and, and things along those lines. If, if you, I don't know, Weight Watchers, you know, there's groups for that kind of thing. So you don't necessarily need to find a coach, 
Um, if that right. doesn't resonate with you, a coach, you know, just isn't what you're looking for, you know, Google for your local area. There's all kinds of groups out there. And even if you're not looking for a support group, so to speak, but let's say you want to take up gardening, if you think that might be great therapy for you, there are horticultural groups all over the place. So, right. you know, there might be a community garden lo- local to you, you know. So there's different there's different avenues to help you um, you know, work through things or find out what your outlet is and, and, and all of that. So I would recommend that too. And you hit on something really important. Find a hobby that you love. You know, if you're a gardener, you will meet other gardeners, I promise you. You know, uh, when we first moved, I, I moved to states. I moved from California to Arizona. And the first couple of months I was here, I was really, really, really sick and fighting for my life, so I didn't get out. It wasn't until after I'd had a couple of surgeries and a year later that I actually started venturing out because, quite frankly, I was lonely. All of my friends were now in another state. (laughs) You know, my husband travels extensively, so I was by myself a lot. What I did was I drove to the nearest town that had a Home Depot, and I literally hung out in the garden department talking to people because I was so starved for someone to talk to. And through that, I actually did get some some friends who are friends to this day, you know, um, over a decade later. So be true to yourself. If If you're one of those people who loves animals, go volunteer at an animal shelter. You know, if, if you're someone who loves books, Join a book club. You know, they are everywhere, and that's really, really, really important uh, when you're particularly in a new place, but even if you're, you've are you lived there forever and you just are starting to feel isolated. Or sometimes we kind of outgrow the friends that we've had forever as we grow and we go through experiences that stretch our comfort zones. Um, we kind of need new people. So if, if that's you, be true to yourself. Go out, find people who enjoy at least one or two of the same things you do, and you'll find your tribe. You'll, you'll find those people who are uh, really you have a lot in common with and that you can talk to. Many of those superficial friendships are only based around the garden club or the book club or, you know, the shooting range or whatever it is that you're into. Many of those people really will become very close confidants if you allow it. You need to learn to allow as well. Uh, particularly if you're going through a really tough time, having that support, having someone that you can just call and say, um, hey, I I need to to get out. Do you want to go to, well, Home Depot or wherever it is? Include someone in your activities. I have a friend that regularly I go grocery shopping with, and it's not something that we actually planned. It was one day she was having a rough time. At the same time, I was going through some some stuff with my own, and she says, hey, I need to go to the grocery store. Do you need anything from the store? And I said, well, I'll just go with you. And that started, you know, it's been like two years now, that started, that's our thing now. We go grocery shopping together, and we just talk about whatever while we're going through the aisles. So it doesn't have to be something that really 
is a stretch for you. You can include these people in your regular day, in a regular activity. And especially if you're going through a tough time, that's really important. You don't even have to talk about what's, what you're going through. You can just go out and change your mind, change your mindset. You know, look at things different. And you will find that all of a sudden that dark whirlwind isn't so dark, nor is it spinning you around quite as much because you've you've changed your your entire environment. And and sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes it's as simple as I'm just going to go outside. I'm going to go for a walk, or I'm going to put on some music. You know, whatever it is for you. Sometimes it's that simple. But don't underestimate the value of finding your tribe and people you can just call and do something with, even if they're not people that you feel comfortable discussing what you're going through with. Just having that diversion takes you out of that deep darkness you've been in, and it sheds some light on it. And then when you go back to it later, you can you can find a solution that's not painful, or at least less painful. shaking my head (laughs) we can't hear you shaking your head (laughs) I still a lot of my tribe is actually not around me and I'm on the phone quite a bit because my tribe actually there's no one well there's one and she's about 20 minutes away from me but everybody else is an hour plus away from me so um you know it makes that's where the phone comes in Yes, and, and so I'm on the phone quite a bit. So, you know, you might not have your tribe <laughs> close by. Um, they might be, you know, further away, and that's what, you know, technology is for with Skype and, you know, phone calls. And now we have Bluetooth, so you can, you know, drive down the road and have a conversation. <laughs> right. And, I remember a time we know, didn't do that. <laughs> I, I do, too. <laughs> that was last week, wasn't it? No. <laughs> you know. I have laughed many times. I was, I, my youngest grandson is uh, roughly a year and a half old, and I've laughed many times with my daughter because he thinks Omar lives in the computer. Oh. <laughs> because we Skype. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of my son. We went to a hotel. And, um, oh, my gosh, he was, like, five. And he picks up, they actually had a phone in the hotel. What? He picks up the phone, and he's like, what is this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you only know cell phones, because I don't have a landline. So I was like, well, that's a phone. He was like, what? <laughs> it blew his mind, you know? It wasn't a square. It was the actual, you know, pick up, call the front desk. So then he wanted to play with it. He was like, can I call the front desk? I'm like, sure, why not? I, you know, yeah, cute stuff. <laughs> Technology is so great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, but that's one of those simple moments that you can recall when you're having a dark time. Uh, things like that that make you laugh. That's a yes. perfect example of a simple thing that will totally break you out of a bad mood. You know, that's um, when I recently <clears throat> nearly chopped my finger off. Okay, I didn't chop, it was glass. But anyway. Um, by the way, I don't recommend juggling glass glasses. No, that's not what happened either. I'm still working on my story. But anyway, I was my, my, my first thought was, 
hold my breath. Uh, try not to faint. <laughs> you know? right. uh, I'm going to die. You know, it's just like, I'm going to lay here on my concrete floor and not and, the best way to not faint. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but I caught myself and I laughed at myself because what I realized was when my older grandson cut his foot and what we went through with him, okay, don't hold your breath. It's going to be worse if you hold your breath. Don't panic. Be calm. And I heard myself telling myself the same things I had told you know, a seven-year-old a couple of years ago. <laughs> so it was, it made me laugh, you know, and that broke my, oh, my God, I'm just going to bleed out and die here. You know, <laughs> they'll find me days later. But now I laugh about it, and now my finger is, is healing nicely. But we do that to ourselves. We go to that dark place first, and we all, and myself included, we need to train ourselves to not go there in the first place. To exactly. start maybe laughing about it before we get there so we can avoid it altogether. Well, you know, experiences are wonderful to relive when they're necessary. We live your happy moments all the time. It's just, you know, that's, right. that's great. Um, don't get stuck in the glory days, but, you know, recall those wonderful memories. Because if you're stuck in the glory days, you're not going to advance. Right. Any more than where you are right now, but only recall those negative experiences when you need to rely on the information that you received from that prior negative experience. Otherwise, even in the past, you know, it's okay to recall the happy moments um, because that you know that definitely, like you're saying, helps you get on that the high of always being happy. Um, Okay, so I paraphrased it there a little bit, but the (laughs) that's fine. Recall all those happy moments. As long as those happy moments bringing you back to a sad state or a longing state, then that's okay. You, you do have to kind right. of with how you balance that, absolutely. But Well, one of the things that, that I do, and several of my clients have said it, it helps them, I have picked out several things, several weird, happy, quirky moments from my past that I have programmed myself to review at certain times. You know, the holidays are always very stressful around my house because my grandmother, who was like my mother, passed away Thanksgiving evening. And every Thanksgiving, I am sort of sad you know, because of that. And she passed away, you know, over 20 years ago now. But what I do is I remember now Thanksgiving. Okay, Thanksgiving memory. In in my book, When on the Road to Enlightenment, Don't Forget to Take Out the Trash, I tell this story. And there was one Thanksgiving in my very dysfunctional family that just I I laugh so hard still that I can nearly bring myself to tears. And it was it's now referred to as the turkey juggling Thanksgiving because what happened was my grandmother was cooking the, the Thanksgiving turkey and went to take it out of the oven and one of the handles on her giant roasting pot broke. So the turkey was sliding out of the pan and it was going to hit the floor. So my mother grabbed for the turkey, but it was hot. So she tossed it into the air. 
My stepfather happened to be walking through the kitchen, caught the turkey, and plopped it back in the pan. It all happened within about 15 seconds, and it was the single most hysterical thing I ever saw happen in my house when I was a kid. So every Thanksgiving, instead of dwelling on missing my grandmother, which I still do every day, um, I think of the turkey juggling. And that gets me right through it. And that gets me to the point where, okay, Thanksgiving is not sad. Thanksgiving is kind of happy. It's kind of quirky. It's kind of, yeah, that could only happen in my house kind of a thing. And every single one of us has a similar memory. It may not be in your conscious where you can go there immediately, but you can train yourself to go there. And you can, if you know you're going to go through something that is particularly difficult for you to go through, you have a presentation coming up or something like that, find a memory from your past that you can focus on up until the minute you start giving that presentation, and it will go much, much, much smoother. Because when we laugh, we relax. And when you're relaxed, you're you're not stressed. So that's just a, a simple kind of thing that you can do. And we all, our, our past, every one of us, no matter how difficult your past was, no matter how traumatic your childhood was, there are moments in there that make you laugh. So find those moments that make you laugh and use them the next time you know you're going to be facing something that's stressful. Yes. Oh, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, we're just about out of time anyway, so that's a good thing. Um, thank you guys for listening, as always. Um, I hope We've we've talked about something here today that will really help you. Um, again, I can't stress the importance of reaching out to someone if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling um, like you might hurt yourself or someone else. Please reach out. Um, there is so much help available. Even if you're just going through a really, really, really difficult period of time, Know that you'll get through it. Know also that the person who enters the dark tunnel is different from the person who comes out the other side. I've mentioned several times that when I look back now at my first very, very, very abusive marriage, well, it was my only abusive marriage, but it was also my first marriage, so it was very, very abusive I don't recognize myself anymore as I was then. Yeah, I sound the same and I look pretty much the same, but that wasn't me who I am now. You know, I'm very, very different having gone through that experience. And anyone that goes through a traumatic experience or an illness or any other dark time, they come out of it different than they went in. So know that when you're going through things, you're going to be different when you come out. And those people that were in your life before you went through what you're going through maybe won't feel the same to you when you come out. And I've talked about it at length on other shows and my YouTube channel and everything else about when people start falling away from your life, it's going to happen especially when you grow and you become a better version of you 
and they don't do the same. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's something that you should dread. It's something to be embraced because as those people fall away, you will attract the people that are the same as you into your life. You will attract people that will help you and support you and love you as you are rather than as you were. And that's okay. It's actually a good thing. That trips up a lot of people. When you're on a personal growth path or a spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it, you're going to run across times where you're tested and where things you thought you dealt with years ago come back up. It's going to happen. You're going to go through times where friends that have been lifelong friends, all of a sudden you have nothing in common with. It's going to happen. You need to know that's part of the process. You need to learn to trust the process and allow the process. You will be amazed at the miracles that happen in your life once you get there. So that's our show for the day. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Lisa, for weathering the storm and being on today. And we will see you guys next week. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Bye. Bye, everyone. Don't get fooled by cut rate networks. Verizon is America's only number one network according to Root Metrics. Join today and get up to $650 when you trade in your phone to cover your cost to switch. Verizon, better matters. New smartphone device payment purchase import and required. Get up to $650 prepaid card for installment plan balance less trade in value. Or up to $350 prepaid card for early termination fees less trade in value. Trade in must be in good working and cosmetic condition and be worth more than $0. Line must remain active for six months subject to VZW agreements, calling plan and credit approval. Rankings based on 2016 first half Root Metrics U.S. national root score report of four mobile networks. Results may vary. Visit rootmetrics.com. Jimmy John's America's number one sandwich delivery fast at speaking. I'm on my way. I'm in the backyard here, Ed. While you are fast. Yes, sir. Freaky fast and freaky good. But I got to say, I've never delivered to a dude in a doghouse. Well, I'm definitely in the doghouse. I thought in the doghouse was just an expression, a figure of speech. Well, the doghouse is a very real place. How long are you condemned to your canine quarters? Too soon to tell, but on the bright side. The doghouse has a bright side. Yeah, the wife can't throw a lap this far. I guess she's been working out. Order Jimmy John's sandwich delivery today. Jimmy John's. Freaky fast. Freaky fresh.